good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Ready? Yes. Sustain. Nutrition. New microphone. Oh, fencing just broke it. <laughs> Chewing. The Fat Podcast Episode 27. Boom! I only got the number right because you just told me. We've got a new microphone so we can come even smoother in your ears. <laughs> same shit chat. Yeah, same shit chat, but slightly clearer. <laughs> Joseph, the subject of today is BMI, yeah. scales, no. weighing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Polished. My memo. BMI, body fat, and tracking progress. I thought the dog had red in his eye, but it's reflecting your massive hoodie. Oh, because I'm jacked. Kind of. Right. What are we doing again? BMI. Yes. Body fat. Yes. Tracking progress. Awesome. So, BMI, body mass index, bone of contention for lots of people. Every. Um, Slimming World Diet Club members' favourite reason to disregard their weight as a barometer of progress. So the BMI body mass index is height. Is it divided times? I don't know. Some kind of sum. Some things. Maths was never your strong point. Yeah, it's height. And, well, I was never paying attention to it. Height and maths in general. Height and weight <laughs> is some kind of formula. I can't remember. It gives you your BMI. Gives you a number. Uh, and from that, it will put you into a broad category of kind of where you are, whether that's in a healthy weight, underweight, overweight, and then everything kind of in between, getting right up to obese. So it's generally seen as a flawed system. So myself and Joe, probably more me than you, (laughs) are tall, it's kind of six foot three, and then we're in excess of 100 kilos. In excess of 108. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm 115 kilos or something at the moment. I'm a um, paltry 108. Yeah, weasel. away. So that's going to put me at, you know... About eight, eight stone overweight. Yeah, easily, <laughs> easily overweight. Um, so this is kind of one of the reasons what Joe said, like people poo-poo um, BMIs because it's kind of it's slightly flawed because it doesn't take into account uh, body fat, it doesn't take into account muscle mass. So people like me and Joe who occasionally... Um, frequent the gym and carry a lot more muscle than most people obviously by protein bars yeah obviously kind of skews our weight our numbers you know so if I look on my if I get on those scales in boots or whatever then it'll tell me that my ideal weight is between like 13 and 14 stone which I've not been since I was about 13 (laughs) meal deal deal in each hand yeah Um, (laughs) it came about didn't it because Johnny Wilkinson um, back when he played was like 14 and a half stone and 5 foot 10 and then it that was when it kind of really, I first remember hitting the headlines of people going, this is such a crap measure. And it is, if you are an international rugby player or you carry more muscle mass than the average man. There's not many people who are six foot three. I think the, I think the top of six foot three is like 14 and a half stone. And if you get most people who are six foot three, 
and not overweight, they'll probably sit in that bracket. You know, they've not pulled these numbers out of thin air. Out of their ass, I thought you were going to say. Mm, I was going to say something along those lines, but I thought I wouldn't be so crude. Thank you for stepping in. You're welcome. Is that this is just an average. If you've got 65 million people in this country, most of them aren't going to be overly muscled. They're going to be average, yeah. which al- is why it's an average. There's always going to be outliers. But the BMI is a good indicator um, for general population, for the old gem pop, because, you know, myself and Joe and Johnny Wilkinson are not general population. No. You know, you look at you, you might go into a gym and there might be like a few jacked guys in there and ladies. Because you're in a gym. Yeah. But that's not what you see. You know, if you want to see general population, go to your local supermarket. I was going to name a branded one. M&S. We'll take sponsorship. Don't go to M&S. As the Morrisons, let's go for Aldi if we get the sponsorship. And just stand there and look at the people for 45 minutes. And that's your general population. There won't be many people that are jacked. Yeah, carrying, carrying large amount of muscle mass. Yeah. So BMI, unfortunately, as an indicator, is a decent indicator if you're part of the general population. And, you know, kind of, we do work with the general population. And you will have people who are broader and carry more muscle mass. So... That is an indicator, you know, if you have wider hips, broader shoulders, bigger, you know, wrists and ankles, then you are going to be towards those upper ends. So it doesn't mean that you need to take it as, you know, if you're Johnny Wilkinson and you're looking to get a bit leaner, then you don't need to look at your BMI so much. There there are other barometers. But on the whole, it's not a bad system. You know, it's pumped pumped with flaws, but so is everything. So are photos, so are measurements, so is body fat. Don't jump ahead, we're going to talk about this. You know, there's yeah, and the reason they're flawed <laughs> so it's just how it is you know we just need to take this with a pinch of salt I was going to use my sign off there fuck it I'll just jump straight in you know you need to have a, a broad range of measures you can't just rely on one thing to give you you know you can't say this is good one day and then bad the next yes so yeah BMI um, unless you are carrying a large amount of muscle it is worth well it's you know it's something to pay attention to but you know, is it? You need you need to be able to quickly identify if someone is healthy or not, don't you? So yeah. waist waist measurements a good one, yeah. as is BMI, because you need, you know, we don't all have access to DEXA scanners, and you know, a nurse isn't going to be able to go through your dieting history and how fast you can do a 10k and what your squat is, and then go well, actually your BMI is slightly out. You need to have a really simple system, and there's going to be more. The simpler you make something, the more flaws there's going to be. So you, you know. Untwist your knickers and just understand that. You're talking to me? Yeah, because I twisted in my hands. All right, so moving on to uh, body fat now. So oh. people have um, a kind of idea of a body fat percentage that they want to be. Or, or that they are. Yeah, or they are, or that they want to drop. And the fact is it just doesn't really matter. You know, imagine if your goal was to get to 15%. Why do you want to get to 15%, James? Yeah. Because I'll look really good at 50%. Well, yeah. then what happens if I get to 50% and I don't look as good as <laughs> You look like hot shit. Yeah. <laughs> look like hot, hairy turd. <laughs> <laughs> we should really grow up. I'm 40 years old. Um, yes, so, again, it's one of those things. People get these scales. You know, people use calipers. They're all very <laughs> flawed. And, you know, they might give you a bit of an indicator if it's going down. But it doesn't mean... If you step on a set of scales that sends a little electrical current... Current, current, current 
through your foot. And it only goes to waist height unless you're holding onto something. So it only measures the body fat in your legs. And that's going to depend on how hydrated you are as well. I'm just going to go off for one. Go. Um, I'll play with the dog. It just doesn't matter. It'll give you like a bit of an indicator, like saying, if that goes from 20 to 19 and your weight has dropped, then odds are you're doing something right. But that does not mean that you are 20% body fat. It's just another indicator. And then, like Joe mentioned earlier about the DEXA scan, that's like the kind of the, the holy grail of body fat measuring. And you know, it is in a very expensive piece of kit, and you might be able to find them in some universities. And that will give you an accurate one. Then you even get people who use, you know, if you're familiar with body fat calipers, where they nip you, nip certain areas, um, take measurements in millimeters, and then they go into a formula. But there's like, I think there's about three most popular formulas. And if you put the exact same numbers in for exactly the same sites, they would give you three different readings of body fats. So obviously, pick the leanest one. Oh, I think people. Are so quick to criticize the scales and I think that that will eventually become the case with body fat because you know the things you said there about setting targets around body fat it just doesn't matter because people are looking for a certain look aren't they people always talk about yes. sub 10% being visible abs now, just depends yeah absolutely because what is it it's, uh, Jamie Alderton isn't it yeah. and they said he was 10% and he looked like he was you know made out of skin and yeah, bone he's like, he looks like he's been skinned yeah and it said he was 10%. Now, that doesn't mean that he's the same 10% that I am, because I can't believe he got there, you know, as easily as I could get to 10%, because that looked like hard grind to get that lean. And maybe he did. And either way, it doesn't matter, because that's Jamie Alderton, and he's probably not listening to this, because he's probably busy counting his money to do something else, you know, helping thousands of people as well. So it's just that thing of people who go, well, what, you know, I want to get to 15%, what should I do? Well, do you want to get to 15%, or do you just want to be look a bit leaner? You know, actually figure out what your barometer is and how you're going to measure that 15%. Again, there's just a million and one variables, and people love to have like a definite target. Now, I'm quite, you know, I'm pretty anal. I like my numbers with stuff like that. But I tried to look more at having definitives with things that I can control. So, my lifts, you know, and if my goal is to look good, then use photos because that is the comparable measure of looking good. It's just, I, th I think it's nuts. The, frustration people get to and then the, the certainty they, they place on getting to these definitive body fat numbers but then you look at their food and then they binge in a weekend like you're just putting all of your energy in the wrong area I got on a set of those scales in the week and it said 30% this sounds about right and my mate said to me he said <laughs> <That's> surprisingly accurate <laughs> he said what do you think and I just said I don't care because I'm not 30% yeah. so it just means nothing to me and that's what you need to have sometimes when people get the scales go I've gained half a pound like Oh, if you're doing the right things, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's it's not the best way to track your progress. Like it's cool, it's interesting, but take it with a pinch of salt. Because if I got those scales and it said six percent, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I'm shredded. Because I know I'm not. I know that I'm mm. a little bit blubbery. So you still have if, work to do. If it gives you a great reading, it doesn't change the way you look in the mirror. And if that's your goal, then that's what you need to be to be thinking about. Which, let's be fair most of this assessment stuff is isn't it yes and I think kind of going back to you know when we say to people you know why do you want to lose weight it's always for an ulterior motive it's not just to physically feel lighter to be lighter it's the scales. same thing you know if your goal is to be 25% body fat or why because you think you're going to look better at 25% or feel so, better or yeah so that's the goal you know it doesn't matter I could give you a set of scales or you know do a caliper reading and go yeah you got 25% but if you look exactly as you did when you started that journey you're not going to feel good. You're not going to be like, oh, well, 
Fuck it. <laughs> I've made it then. Yeah, this is how exactly how I want to look because it's the look that you're going for. And that's, you know, the same thing when people are like, I want to weigh a certain way. Like, you don't. You want to look a certain way. You want to feel a certain way. You want to have the confidence yeah. that you think that's going to bring you. Or the health. Yeah, no one. You know, you walk down the street, you see someone, you're like, hello. Yeah, yeah hello, Fenton. You don't think, I wonder what that person wears or that person's an attractive level of body fat. I bet they're mm, 16%. Such a tough one, isn't it? Because Anne Hegarty, the lady from The Chase, the Chase, a video came out a while ago of her saying, my health markers are all really good and I just love eating cake. And it's such a tough one because you do have examples of people who are healthy weights who are unhealthy and people who are overweight who have positive health markers. But carrying excessive levels of body fat and being insulin resistant is not healthy in itself. So whilst you can have a fat person who is thinner than, sorry, a fat person who is healthier than a thin person, that doesn't mean they're healthy. You know, I am healthier than a smackhead, a higher body, a higher body fat percentage. But that doesn't mean that I'm healthy. You can't gauge your health over who you're healthier than. It's not a game, you know, it's not a contest where you're scoring points against other people. Because if, you know, my, if, if I'm, you know, ill because of my health or, you know, that causes me to have an illness, then that's what matters. So it doesn't matter that there's X people healthier than me or Y people less healthy. Everyone likes to make it into a bit of a competition and actually it's not all that really matters is that from a health perspective is that you are, I've said the word health too many times, healthy. Healthy, right. So we kind of touched on it a little bit. We're moving on to tracking progress. So we've already mentioned, you know, for us and our clients, we get our clients, or we suggest to our clients, they don't always do it. You know, it's totally up to them whether they're comfortable with. But tracking your weight, so via scales, not just, I don't know, I'll you track it, hanging from something. <laughs> um, take measurements and take photos. Like Joe said, you know, all three of those systems are flawed. And that's why we asked to do all three, because they'll give you a general idea of what's going on. <laughs> so your weight will fluctuate due to foods that you've eaten the day before or the weekend. You know, if you've had a weekend out on the pop, you know, you've eaten some uh, higher carbohydrate foods, you've eaten Salty yeah, foods. saltier foods, um, you're going to be holding a lot of weight. Wait, you're going to be holding a lot of water. You're probably going to have <laughs> some water. food in transit, as in you're going to need to take a dump. Um, so these are things that are going to make you hold water. So you've not gained, you know, seven pounds over the weekend. You're just holding seven pounds of water and shit. Yeah, maybe a pound of fat in there. You could easily squeeze one on over the week. Same as, you know, I've got a very nice pair of jeans that are a 34-inch waist. And there's times that I can fit into them when I have a 34-inch waist. <laughs> and there are times I can fit into them when I have a 36-inch waist. And that's my gripe sometimes with tape measures is you hear the thing don't you about like Ouija boards is that people subconsciously push yes. them around and they don't realize if you're feeling good you're probably going to pull that tape measure a bit tighter if you're not feeling so good you might have it a bit looser you aren't always aware of how tight you pull these things and people you know sometimes get these I remember as a PT when you do someone else's measurements or someone else's clients when we worked in a certain gym and you'd be like where the hell have they measured yeah. you know there's no way you've gained 12 inches <laughs> yeah I've got some bad news you are you're twice as fat as you were so you just see all the time there's these these issues. And I think the thing to focus on for me, and I'm in the process of doing a little bit of a diet at the moment, is the process. 
So I'm working don't, on... Don't skip ahead, yeah. You're getting all carried away. I want to talk about myself. No, not yet. So... Fine. Fine. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> I'm going to go outside for a bit. <laughs> I'm just going to sit and be quiet. Cut this dog. Um... So yes, so that's where the tape measure is slightly flawed. You know, you can measure in a slightly different place. You can pull it a bit tighter. You can pull it a bit slacker. So again, it's going to give you a, a certain idea. So if you dropped half a stone, but your measurements haven't changed, something's going on with your measurements. But if your measurements have gone down and you've not lost weight according to the scales, or you've gained a pound, then something's probably going in the right direction. That's one of those funny ones, isn't it? People often talk about like the whooshing effect, or yeah. you know, and that for me. <sighs> just doesn't work like that like if your body loses fat inches have got to come off from somewhere if you've lost inches they have to have come from somewhere so one of the measurements you're doing is giving you a false reading and there's so many different reasons for this you just need to chill out about it really if you're seeing progress on one of them that's good enough for me see how you go next week because it's so often when people have a good week they go and do their measures and nothing's changed well just do it again and see what happens if nothing changes after two weeks then you probably do need to look at the process a bit more but people are so quick to go, one week he's not worked, well, I need to change something. Well, no, not stick with it. Not if you're doing everything right already. What yes. else do you intend on doing? Stay in your lane. Mm. Um, and then photos, another one. Um, again, it's great because you know the mirror doesn't lie to you, but then you kind of lie to yourself. We're all, everyone's oh. always going to be their own worst critic. So you're always going to be, and again, Joe said, it depends on your mood. You know, if you feel like you've lost weight on the scales or the tape measure, and then you look in the pictures, you're probably going to see progress. Are you going to want to see progress? But then, if the other things are going against what you think's happening, then you can use that. You know, be like, oh no, I definitely, oh no, 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 you know, and just not see it. So, getting it like another set of eyes on your progress photos is always a good one. People are crap at seeing the difference in Yeah, because you see people that will just say like, oh, my clothes are fitting better, I'm feeling like I've got more energy, you know, I'm making better choices with my food, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. People are coming at my weight loss, but I looked, I look exactly the same, or I feel like I'm getting a pound. Yeah, there's that thing, wasn't there? I remember watching Gokwan once. Gokwan. <laughs> once, loads of times. And he would get people and say, where do you put yourself in this line of women, you know, mm. And then they'd always put themselves like the fattest one or the broadest one or whatever it was that week. And then actually, they'd be like in the middle. And people are so crap at looking at themselves. You know, you just see what your mind kind of wants to see. See, when people try to take compliments, someone say, you look lovely. Like, oh, it's just, it's just this outfit. Yeah, yeah, you're right, it is. That's it's just I mean. a lighting. And that's, you know, I think, I forgot what it is. I remember reading something once, it's like the different ways that people take compliments and what it says about their confidence. And you've got kind of people saying thank you or people dismissing it. And then the worst one is people saying, oh, no, that's not the case. No, no, you're, you know, so-and-so's loads better. Like, it does speak volumes. And if you find it really hard to take a compliment, then that's going to be a, a sign. That's it's going to break. <laughs> <laughs> if you find it hard to take a compliment, then you're probably not going to see the progress that's there because that's just how your brain's wired up and it's something you need to work on. Yes, indeed. So now we'll move on to how we kind of suggest people track progress it's almost kind of down to goal setting so I'm going to hand you over to Joe yes man Fury thanks for <laughs> talk about his own progress tracking well I wanted this you know podcast to be free and easy but now I've got to run to the schedule <laughs> so the way that I'm tracking my stuff at the moment is more through the process so I know that if I put fewer calories in and keep the calorie burn the same then I will lose weight so I can adjust things from there uh, and I'm just going to use photos as my barometer and, and weight, you know, having a selection of things. I don't really like measurements. Um, 
I just can't really be asked. It's a bit awkward to do, and I just think that I, you know, I can trust the scale because that's something else. I can trust the photo, that's something else. Whereas this, the measures is me pulling it tighter or not. I think a quite big difference as well for me and Joe or Joe and I. Is it Joe and I? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Someone will tell us. Is we don't let the scales kind of dictate our mood. I have done before in the past. Right. I remember once getting on do you the scales at X gym we worked at and one week I'd put on a kilo of fat and lost oh, a kilo yeah. of muscle and I was like, Oh, this is ridiculous <laughs> And it's and then you just kinda of go, Oh, that is really frustrating. This is but not never right. mind. And then the next week you went back to how it was. You just think, Well that was a waste of all my frustration and energy that I had at the time. But on the whole, yeah, pretty good at just going, Right, well what can I control? Someone was saying to me the other day, before when I did the process I'm doing now, I'd have lost more weight. Now that is frustrating because you're using the same tactics you used before and they're not working. But what can you do? You can either sit here and complain that the old tactics aren't working, which probably isn't going to help you lose any weight, or you can make the change that you need to to get going further. And you just need to have that, you know, a, refu a refusal to compromise in your mindset and that you will just keep going until you're successful. Because otherwise you're not going to be. You're yeah. just going to end up getting frustrated at the obstacles that come up and, and give in. And then six months later, start again, trying a different plan. And then, you know, we see it all the time with people just constantly looking for the next thing or constantly downloading the free guides we put out there. And that's cool. But you need to be making progress if you want to get anywhere. It's not uncommon for me to get uh, like a message off someone a year later from when they first inquired about something. And then a year later, get the same message. So that's another year that someone's been struggling to get the results that they want. It's hard, is it? Because from a personal perspective, a year ago, I was very lean and then I've gone backwards and then back again. But it's like, I've still made progress and then regressed from it. Whereas you have people who don't make any progress. Yes. They just sit at the same point. Um, and ultimately, I wouldn't want to, you know, that was a lot of good lessons learned there about what I actually need to be happy or, or what level is me happy. Um, and the people that we often hear from are ones who've just sat you know, if you're not learning anything, it, you know, I might have got leaner and then got fatter, but I've learned stuff from that that's changing my approach and changing my mindset and a big part of kind of growing up and going, oh, do you know what? Being shredded isn't as much fun as maybe you might think it was. So for you, your kind of process-based goals are consistently hitting the right amount of food and consistently hitting your training. Yes. Perfect. Like I love a good process-based goal because I think when people focus too much on the outcomes, that's when they kind of become unraveled can't speak unraveled oh, it's just so hard isn't it sorry to jump in because I know that I've cut my calories this week and today's Wednesday and I've checked my abs every morning <laughs> and it's just so first? it's just so stupid isn't it because like what are you expecting to see like oh I thought I had a cheese grater under my hour, top but it's my abs hour to hour changing yeah because you know and that's just what human beings do is you make a change you expect an immediate result and every time I kind of shake my head at myself but you know we've worked in this industry for I've done it for nearly eight years now and it's just always going to be there. You just need to kind of accept that you're going to have these stupid, stupid beliefs, but not to hold them in too much, too much regard because you're not going to lose weight after you know a healthy breakfast. Sorry if that's new to. Yeah, tough one. Tough to set. I totally agree with you. Process goals, process based goals are great. And that's it. So if Joe's goal was to have a six pack, eight pack, ten pack, twelve pack, <laughs> twelve pack, a twelve pack, twelve pack of. Um, Cream eggs. Um, if it's just, then he's going to get frustrated because every time he checks his abs, 
he doesn't have them. But then if Joe sets a goal of, right, I am going to consistently hit my calories or, you know, whatever it is, hit these, these food targets for 90 days solid and I'm going to consistently hit the workouts that I've committed to, um, then that is going to push him as part of it's the gonna process. Get me, it's going to get me closer yeah, there. It's going to get him to getting those abs. And that's where people fixate so much on the weight instead of thinking, right, what has caused me to gain weight? Well, I've been inconsistent with my food. I drink too much on a weekend. I make poor choices when I'm in the office. and you know, I don't exercise enough. Yeah, go to the snack club and I'm inconsistent with my weight exercise or I don't do it with the right intensity. But then just concentrate on the end result, which is losing weight. Like Concentrate on fixing those things. So concentrate on going to the gym or exercising two or three times a week, whatever you commit to. Concentrate on improving your food choices by eating more protein, eating more vegetables, you know, limiting the treats to three times a week. Whatever it is that you need to do, that process is what is going to... Well, it's the exact opposite of what they put the weight on. So then... It's going to work. Yeah, it? <laughs> it's going to take the weight off. So you need to kind of break down for me what was the process that caused you to gain weight was it a lack of exercise was it you know not it wasn't lack of exercise yeah it's probably not a lack of exercise but I'll give you that one as a free pass um, you know the food choices that you're making and look to address that because the weight loss will come as a result of that you know if it's what to put the weight on when you stop doing it you're gonna lose the weight and that's it's racking up those those small wins so if you've done seven days of eating really well with three workouts you've made much better choices you know you took your own snacks to work so you've not eaten you know double deckers and cream eggs and whatever the bosses brought in friday pizza fish and chip day whatever it is and a pizza Good whatever bosses. deep fried pizza pizza crunch i believe it's called yeah. um i've lost my train of thought now <laughs> then that should be a win no matter what the scales say now obviously you know you don't want the scales going up each week you know but you know if the scales go up like a pound or something like that then it's probably just something you need to drink of shit would be my guess would be my expert opinion. <laughs> humble but excellent opinion um, so yes focus on the process because it's going to be a much happier journey when you look back and you've got you know if you get your little calendar you've got 60 days where you've done something that you said you were going to do that's going to be much more positive than you waiting to get this little split second view of a weighing on a Monday. Like, I've got no problem with people weighing in. I would almost encourage people, if they want to weigh in, to weigh every single day and take an average. Because you get people who, I had someone, we ask that people send us their weight on a Monday because it helps them stick more to a plan over a weekend because the weekend is usually where people struggle so if you ask them to wait on a Friday you're going to get that kind of Weight Watchers mentality where everyone goes to the chippy all weekend so I had someone who said they'd weighed in they'd lost weight but they were disappointed because they'd weighed in lighter on the Friday now when you know people do multiple weighs during the week and it changes every time but then they're pissed off that one of them weighs heavier one of them's got to weigh heavier yeah <laughs> it just shows how kind of fickle and unreliable the scales are to me. Yes. If I can gain and lose, you know, a kilo or two kilos over two days, it'd almost be reassuring. Yeah, it tells me that this is not a hundred percent real, you know, a real reliable or realistic measure of progress, and I should take it with a pinch of salt. And you've just got to, like, say, if you weighed in every day, <clears throat> you could take an average, or if you, you know, plot your weight 
on a graph, you're going to see a trend of it going up or down. Or the same. Yeah, or sticking the same. So it's just, you know, you take it as a piece of information and go, right. You don't take it as the be-all and end-all. And like I said, going back to, you know, how we suggest people track, people don't bother tracking with other measurements. I know, I understand, like, kind of, like, scales is kind of inbred into people. You have to lose weight, you have to lose weight. You want to lose fat. And the scales aren't going to necessarily show that. Especially when people are dropping eight pounds in a week. You know, yeah. you see so much on the Slimming World sites of people dropping a stone a month. Like, oh, they are A, going to be very big to be losing a stone a month more than once. And B, it's not all going to be fat, especially when people first start. Very good one from either Mark Manson or the book I've been reading called Psycho Cybernetics, which is very good. Maxwell Maltz, maybe? Anyway, separate facts from emotion. People are useless at this and they put too much emphasis on the emotive side. So you get on the scales and they say you've put on three pounds and you're livid. Well, the fact is you've put on three pounds. You would then have the choice about how to react to that. That is a fact, three pounds heavier than your last weigh yes. But what is it? Well, it could be any number of things, couldn't yeah. it? It might be fat, it might be water, it might be that you know, you're carrying something in your pockets. It's probably not, but you know what I mean? There's loads of different things that we've already gone through that could be throwing this off. So you need to not throw your teddies out the pram, go get a bottle of wine and smash it down because this is just a ridiculous coping mechanism. You're trying to lose weight. So why do an action that's gonna take you further from this when it's not gonna make you feel any better? And I think that, I've mentioned it before that I kind of used to struggle a bit with emotional eating. It's something I'm a hell of a lot better at now. Um, from doing sustain, from seeing hundreds, thousands of men and women go, my life is worse off because of this weight gain and then getting frustrated over things and making it worse. You know, it's just, it's like any addiction. People go through it for therapy, but it makes their lives worse. And I think that my abstinence from chocolate and my ability to kind of get better at the emotional I can't believe it's stuff. taken nearly 30 minutes for you to mention that you're not eating chocolate. Oh, I thought you said it. I thought I'd gone over 30. <laughs> I've been thinking about it, though. <laughs> thinking about eating chocolate. Um, and that these things don't give you pleasure. They don't actually make your life better. You need to accept that. And I think that, you know, when you see people hesitating to start on a fat loss journey or when they kind of regress very quickly it's because they've just not got to that point in their minds yet that these things don't add to your life can I just add one more thing I think before we wrap up is it about my chocolate no, no I don't care about that I'm um, talking about it then <laughs> please for the love of Jehovah don't expect all scales to be fucking calibrated <laughs> to the same weight, okay? If you step on a set, if I step on a set of scales and they say 115 kilos, and then I step on a set of scales in the gym and they say 116 kilos or 112 kilos, I don't think that I've gained or lost weight since I stepped on the last set of scales. And you, no one, you know, you haven't gotten fatter. No one looks you any differently. You are still the same level of fatness. People seem to think that it makes any blind bit of difference to their progress. People will weigh in and then they'll go, and then I went in the gym and I've actually got fatter. You haven't. Like, I'm I don't, heavier than I thought. I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't even know if my scales measure a kilo accurately. It's just, and this is why you know you need to be consistent. Try and weigh in on the same scales at the same place. You are a good 115. Though. At the same time. <laughs> Depends. If I told you. <laughs> um... It just, it's just, it's just nuts to me that people then were like, you know, 
their scales will break or run out of batteries or whatever. They get a new set of scales and then they'll be upset about or they'll think that they've lost weight. Or they'll just go, I was fatter than I thought. No, you're exactly as fat as you thought. You just didn't have the right number. It's not even the right number. It doesn't matter if your scales are uh, 100% accurate. It just gives you a number. And I wrote an email about it. It's like saying, imagine if it didn't say you know, pounds and stones or kilograms. It said sausage dogs. You weigh 8.6 sausage dogs. You just... <laughs> You'd have absolutely no set of emotions set to that. For whatever reason, we feel like a pound or a stone is some kind of mythical number that we know. And if you lose a stone, it's massive. If you gain a stone, it's huge. If you lose a pound, it's amazing. If you gain a pound, it's terrible. No one even knows. If I went go to the butchers and... Or maybe a butcher, actually. Grab a pound of mints. People won't know what it was. Yeah, it's like... It's just like a mythical number. So, yeah, don't get stressed. If you get a new set of scales, just take it from there, and then any movement from that is an indicator. That's it. Don't expect. You know, if you step on 10 sets of scales, expect to get 10 different body weights. That's a good option. Buy 10 sets of scales and take the average every time. <laughs> lie across them. <laughs> just set them all out and just lie on there. And, stand and then go the other way. Go, like, top and tail. Yeah, one on each leg. So that's us, guys. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully you took some value from that. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Uh, like it and leave us a review. It really does help and we really do appreciate it. So until next time, good night. God bless. Don't let the bed go. Yeah, see ya.